Hey, this is Dan Savage from the Orlando Magic, and you're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Now it's over to Garrett, Mikey, and Paul. Go Magic! In order for the magic to work, you have to truly believe in the magic. Hey, Magic fans, and welcome to Penny for Your Thoughts, the podcast of the Orlando Magic UK. Today, we are recording episode 96 uh, on the 10th of September 2022. Um, today, we're going to talk basically the 2022-23 Magic squad and play with some rotations. Um, Grant's away, as you'll notice. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, mate, you're having fun. Um, so, as always, I'm joined by Mikey Clark. Mikey, how you doing, pal? Uh, I'm doing well, mate. Uh, we've we were doing better until about 15 minutes yeah, ago. Some news yes. we're going to talk about in a minute, but uh, we'll yeah. get into that. It's not what we wanted to read, is it? And uh, also, Gary, how you doing, pal? Good to have you back on. Yeah, thanks. How are you, miss? All right, pal. All right, thank you very much. Good. Both of you, how's the uh, pre-Florida trip um, exercise regimes going, Mikey? I know you've been hitting the gym at sort of silly o'clock in the morning. Yeah. F- Five a.m.s get-ups in the gym at half five, six o'clock every morning this week. So uh, six days a week for me at the moment. Good man, Gary. I know you've been out for a run today, haven't you, mate? Yeah, I, just, I went. I decided I'd go for a run and then got like really rained upon in true northeast fashion. There, so it was four k in the wind and the rain by the sea. It was, I would like to say I enjoyed it, but I, I didn't really. Yeah, you, th- those aren't conditions. But you end up knocking in a decent time because you just want to get the thing over and done with. I don't even think I've got that, mate, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, what we were just going to, what we were alluding to is that uh, as we're recording this, it's uh, just come out. The German national basketball team head coach has announced that uh, Franz Wagner has rolled his right ankle in a game. Um, we're just looking at the video as we're as we're talking, uh, and that's resulted in what is described as a bad sprain. Now, uh, Mikey, you've just had a look at it. Uh, what did you see, mate? So basically, Fran Fran's got the ball at the top of the three point line. Uh, they play they, they play a pick and roll. The defender rolls over the top, and as Franz pulls up for the three, the defender's gone right up underneath of him, and Franz has come down on top of his ankle. So uh, it doesn't look good, and I think the national team. What did he say? It, it's a it's a bad sprain. Bad sprain. So, um, yeah, on, on top of the Gary Harris news from last week, it's not really what we want going into training camp in what three weeks' time. I think it is now. So I I have to say I feel that now this is us finished recording pods until the start of the season <laughs> because we when we were recording with. Um, the ozone pod. That's right. The Gary Harris news broke. Now, as we're recording this, Franz. So sorry to all any Magic players. We are clearly a jinx. You're all right next week. Following week, don't do anything because uh, it seems it's every other week. So we're going to have to stop doing uh, recording. There we go. So yeah, um, not good. But hopefully, we should see Franz back, provided it's not too serious an injury. Um, hopefully by the start of the season. Um, before we continue on, uh, we have to say a few words on the news of the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. Uh, the country's in the official period of mourning um, for Her Majesty. It's said that society has changed beyond recognition um, during her reign and the role of the monarchy has certainly come into question 
during that time. However, regardless of you standing on that subject, I hope we can all be respectful about a lady who is both a mother and a grandmother. She will always be held in affection in the hearts of many people across the world through her years of dedication, statesmanship and service to the United Kingdom and the Commonwealth. So thank you, Mom, and may you rest in peace. So we'll move on. Um, let's talk about the squad. It's uh, what we're here to do tonight. So if you haven't seen um, on the website, on the Orlando Magic UK website, there's an article gone up that I wrote um, looking and talking about the 2022-23 squad. Uh, we'll link it into the description on the episode. So as, if you haven't seen it, then you can do. So it's just from the starting point, let's talk about um, the experience. At, at 10 and 8 years experience, respectively, Terence Ross and Gary Harris are the veterans of the team. Uh, selected one and six in the 2017 draft. Uh, both Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac are entering their sixth season uh, in the NBA. See, we all know J.I.'s missed the last two seasons completely and Kel has only played 26 games in that same period. So there's a massive caveat on their experience. Um, and then they are followed by Wendell Carter Jr., Mo Bamba and Mo Wagner all beginning their fifth season. So, Mikey, come to you first. How do you feel about the inexperience of this squad? Uh, before the Gary Harris injury, all right. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, now we're a bit unclear about when he's going to be back. Um, it's certainly not going to help at the beginning of the season. Um, I would have liked to have seen Robin Lopez back, personally. I just feel like yeah. that, that third vet, even though he wasn't necessarily going to play a whole a whole amount this season. He was certainly a popular figure in the in the locker room last year. And I feel like if we do want to take a jump this year, that little bit of experience could play 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 a good uh, play a big role. But at the end of the day, we're kind of in that in between, aren't we? If we take a jump, great. If it's another season where we're still feeling things out and we're still in that I don't know, 20 win range, bottom end of the 30s, mm. then we're going to be in a similar position to last year, really. So at, at the end of the day, is that it all hinges on our best players taking a big jump and uh, and going and, and developing to the next level. That's that's what it's all hinging on. And, and really, you need one or two vets that are going to help that. We've got that at the moment. Um yeah, it is what it is for me. Um, but I would have liked to have seen possibly one more in the locker room. Yeah, yeah, okay. I was talking with uh, one of our really good friends, Barry Conn, yesterday, and he was telling me about uh, Paul Pogba. Oh, put my teeth in. Paul Pogba having the same injury as Gary Harris. Uh, for those of you who aren't aware, Pogba is a renowned footballer he used to play for Manchester United French international now plays at uh, Juve in Italy uh, during July he suffered uh, the injury um, but has only recently decided to go under the knife and it's been reported uh, that the 29 year old will be sidelined for around 40 to 60 days now if you put that same timeline on Gary Harris um, it's 60 days from the date of his surgery, puts him at October the 30th. So, Gary, how much impact do you feel that this 
period of loss for Gary Harris has on the team? Um, Veteran-wise, I think it's big, but he's still going to be on the bench, I think, when he's rehabbing. So there's still going to be a voice there. Um, when he does come back, obviously it's you know coinciding with <clears throat> the, the season's beginning, but there's no way he's going to be able to just come off an injury and walk in and start. So I think we're going to see very much a, um, like a phased return for him without sounding like the workplace. Um, <laughs> I think I think he's going to get a phased return. And, uh, You're going to sit down with his supervisor and have a meeting? Yeah, he's going to sit down and have an HR <laughs> meeting before he's allowed back in the end. <laughs> Uh, yeah I think I think you know like here you go there's your pen thanks for your service Gary but uh, uh, yeah I think he's um, to get up to speed you're looking at January Um, I think really along the lines of we've still got quite a big guard rotation and we did build build this team with an eye on the future so maybe it's just going to have to be that it's a case of the young guys are really going to have to step up now. It means there's much to go around. So for me, I, I, do, I don't know if he would have started. I, I don't really. I really think that's the question's going to be between Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs. So I think really you're spreading the main minutes still between Cole, Jalen, uh, Markel, and probably T. Ross in the backcourt because he's mm. veteran. Um, but it also gives a really big opportunity um, to Rajay Hampton. Because I think to actually swing in and get some of those um, two guard minutes, especially if we feel as though we want to put out a defensive-minded backcourt where you could put Dylan and RJ in. And I think that's probably the uh, best two defenders who are left from that backcourt rotation. So if anything, it's a, it's a chance for RJ Hampton, who seemed to become a little bit of a forgotten man within the uh, the young backcourt rotation. So let's hope he seizes it and... Uh, it makes it difficult for Gary Harris to get back in when he does come back. It does feel like he's given RJ that little bit of an in to, I don't know what, what a better, perhaps a phrase to use is put the ghosts of Summer League behind him. Because let's be fair, he didn't have a good Summer League. Um, but then again, I'm not convinced, I still don't think of RJ as a point guard as we were using him. I would rather see him as the, the shooting guard at the two, personally. Yeah. I don't know. How you feel about that, Gary? Do you agree? I see him as a two guard, certainly, but I also think with the the summer league, there was a lot of dismay, and you know, like obviously people straight on Twitter to say what they were viewing at the time, which is what people do as soon as they see something, they react to it on Twitter. That's what yeah. it's there for. But at the same point in time, if we went back at the previous summer league, Cole Anthony struggled massively in that, and then came out the season all guns blazing. Absolutely. Franz Wagner had a bit of a like a nightmare, really, didn't he? When he came in, he looked as though the first couple of games we were like, "What? What, what have we got here?" So I don't really put much stock in summer league. To be honest, I think it's a case of very, it's reps for me. It's just, that's what it is. So yeah, which which to be fair, I think when um, when he when RJ put his name forward, mm-hmm. he did say that that's what he was after the repetitions. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that's what he's got, then good. Uh, I'm more than happy at that. He he didn't play well. We all know that. Um, I don't think it was as bad in points as the Twitter no. um, GMs and, and coaches make out. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people who can be great experts. I mean, I know we sit here talking about basketball 
as if we know what we're talking about. But we, I think, we acknowledge that we talk as fans, put us up again, put us in a, in a position where talking with you know your Josh Cohen's and uh, your Philip Rothman Reichs and these people, or whenever we speak with uh, Jeff Turner or David Steele, we know our position. <laughs> we know that. We, we, yeah, people say we know what we're talking about, but we don't have that depth of knowledge that those guys do. Um, and if they're still saying that RJ has an opportunity, then I think we have to take notice of that. And if they're saying that it wasn't as bad as people say, then I think that's uh, something you have to take notice of personally. Mm-hmm. Um, we are, uh, One of the things we know is that we're blessed with players who have flexibility uh, can play multiple positions which will allow coach Mosley to use a lot of different rotations and I think we're going to see certainly in pre-season a lot of experimentation so opposing coaches that's got to be an absolute nightmare to scout um, with such a multi-dimensional squad you can't predict what you're going to be facing hopefully we can react to situations during games so let's have a play with some rosters whilst we're at it. It's just for a bit of fun. So, it's the one that we're all talking about and I know we spoke about it before, but the potential starting five. If you look at the depth charts, uh, CBS is particularly, uh, they're going Markel Fultz, Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner, Paolo Banchero and Wendell Carter Jr. So, how do you feel about the strength and weaknesses of that five, Mikey? And if fit... Would you have put Gary Harris in there in that place, and would you play Cole? What play all seven? That'd be good. And just take it. Um, right, let's talk. Coming on to that, on one of the on one in that article I've written, there is one lineup I wrote about I that I do have seven people in it, <laughs> and I do put yes, I do know it's got seven in. <laughs> but do you know what? I looked at it and thought I can't, I cannot separate these I don't know who to pick so I wrote stuff I thought stuff I'll put all seven in right I'll let you get back to it now <laughs> right well let's, let's talk about the strengths then so we've got Mark L. Foltz who was arguably our, our, our biggest standout player certainly in the yeah. certainly after his return last year we've 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 really missed his playmaking and his floor leadership um, and I think that's a massive thing to have him back um, if we're talking about Jalen Suggs starting at the two defensively obviously that's that's his that's what is he's really good at that's his elite skill at the moment um obviously we'll, we'll he's got lots of things he needs to work on but certainly you've got the you've got the size and the athleticism on the perimeter with those two that can defend multiple positions uh same with Franz Wagner Paolo Banquero you can see how the two of them can potentially play together. Um, you've got we, we've now got that number one scoring option in Paolo, and hopefully everybody else sort of falls into into a, a second option, a third option. Um, and then you've got Wendell playing the five, big guy rebounds the ball, plays hard. Um, was starting to add that three point shot into his game. That's clearly. The, the biggest weakness with this five is that ability to spread the floor with all five yeah. positions. Obviously, Fultz has always struggled with that. Uh, Suggs obviously went through his struggles in his rookie year. Um, 
I'm hoping Franz Wagner is going to take another jump, which I think we all expect him to when he's when he's back healthy after his ankle sprain. Um, I think Bancaro was he in the early 30s in college, 33, 34%. Mm. So it's probably going to take a little bit of time for, for Bancaro to transition to shooting at three in the NBA. But we can sort of see the mechanics and see what he can do. And obviously Wendell, if he can add a little bit more to that, if he can get up to 34, 35%, then, then that's obviously going to open up a lot for this starting five. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of potential there. Um, obviously, and, and I do think our, our youth is a, is a strength as well. I mean, you look at the amount of games last year where you think we're down and out, you're down by 20, the, you feel like the game's over and then they, they, they come back and get themselves back in the game in the fourth quarter. So they've not got that that fear or, or what's the word? That they're not letting negativity sink into their into their mindset when they're getting down big into these games. They're just gonna they're gonna take one possession at a time, one quarter at a time, um, and and yeah, they, they they obviously there's a lot of growing to do. There's a lot of new pieces to add to this this year, um, but yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see see what it looks like. And obviously, you can I mean you can make a, an argument for Cole. Gary Harris or Suggs starting at the two. And I, I I don't think any of us would really be disappointed which no. one would start um, necessarily. Um, if we want to compete from day one, it's Gary Harris. Um, but we're really here for the long term, aren't we, in developing the young players. So it, it's got to be Cole or Suggs for me just from that standpoint. But what do you think? I want to, mate, I just want to throw something in that... <laughs> I've, uh, as you know, because we're going away, I've made a start on doing bits of the, the, the articles for the website. And <laughs> I've actually made a start on doing the first pre-season preview game, which is uh, in Memphis. We all talk about the modern NBA and shooting the three. Mm -hmm. The Memphis Grizzlies last season were number one in field goals attempted they were number one in not in shooting the two in, in attempts at the, in the two point they rated I think it was it was in the low teens as far as shooting the three mm -hmm. they were number one in steals they were number one in I think in blocks as well uh, they were fourth overall defensively and it's built off of fast-paced transition basketball. You look at that starting lineup, and that is a team that's packed with pace, athleticism, ball handling uh, at an elite level. You're talking about Markel, Jalen, Franz, Paolo and Wendell. There's also muscle and defensive prowess. That kind of matches in to where... Memphis are developing from so I'm not going to be over upset if that is the opening line lineup um, and we are playing transition offense at a at a fast pace hmm. I'm not going to be crying about it uh, and what's and what's Jarmorant great at getting to the basket and you've got yeah. Fultz who's really good at that Suggs got there 
he could get there whenever he wanted last year. He's just got to improve that efficiency scoring the ball from there. Uh, Franz is crafty. He's got that Euro step and he he always seems like he's in control, <laughs> which is really nice to see when he gets to the basket. Bancaro can do it. Uh, um, and we, we know what Wendell can do down in the post as well. Yeah. And we know what a game that... I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not comparing Markel at this to... Yarmaram, I'm not. That's not what I'm doing. No. That's G's job. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think the analogy and um, is is valid yeah. for that you can build a successful team in the modern NBA without necessarily relying on the three point shot mm-hmm. throughout your game consistently. Without being the uh... The party pooper. You're <laughs> always good to have a different view. Um, I would add to it, though, I think what Memphis have got right now is, is they've got a superstar. Yeah, absolutely. We, we don't have that. Um, right now, we might have that, but right now, we don't. And I think who a player who is really underappreciated in Memphis, well, probably not in Memphis, but around the league, is what Desmond Bain does for that team. Absolutely. Because, that backcourt's electric. Yeah, but he he can as bad a three pointer team shooting as they are overall. If you get That's being born and you get also like Jaron Jackson Jr. If he gets on the floor, it can change the dynamic a bit. And I, I think um, I think having that that floor space of that guy who could shoot say forty percent from three is it's just right now it would be a huge game changer. It will be for us if you put Desmond Bain on the Magic. That's your two yeah. got there, and all of a sudden, Markel Fultz's game and Wendell Carter's game straight away, I would say, would benefit hugely from having him there. But you look at Wendell's Wendell's weakness is certainly three point shooting, hundred mm-hmm. percent. He he doesn't have that trailing game that we saw with Vuj and that we're seeing increasingly last season from Movamba. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have that trailing game in his locker now. Who knows, perhaps that's something he's been working on and we see an increased floor spacing threat from Wendell this season. We've got to wait and see. We don't know what we've got yet with Paolo. Um, yeah. And we, I think we're all hoping that the person that does make that jump is Franz yeah. to have the greater reliability from three. He's certainly been doing well in Eurobasket up until today's <laughs> issue. <It's a> nice. <laughs> But there we go. Um, Gary, I'm going to come to you about the second unit. I wrote here, this one was, I, I went with Cole Anthony, Terence Ross, uh, because of Gary Harris being injured. Mm-hmm. Tumor Kiki. I did go with Jonathan Isaac because of um, people, uh, the reports on various sites saying that he is expected to be ready for the start of the season. And at centre, Mobamba. So say so it seems two things that both Harris is still out injured and J.I. is available. What do you believe that bench core offers? Um, and are there any, any changes that you would make there? Uh, well, firstly, Paul, I'll just say anybody who's uh, watching or listening, it's a really good article, so go and read it. So, uh, oh, cheers, pal. Appreciate that. Tiff <laughs> to you. Um, and... I've got to be honest, I really enjoyed writing that one. I spent ages playing about with things. I thought it was quite good. See, when I was looking at it, it. I, was, I was reading like your fantasy GM mode. <laughs> 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 
Paul's in the Amway, you know, he's just sat there with his wealth god hat on and all this type of stuff. But uh, the 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 second unit, the bench, it's no surprise to anybody who's listened to this. What I'd start is I'd plug Cole in. Um, and I've said that because I think he's earned, I, I'll, I'll, I'll die on that hill um, of the point guards and the guards that the Magic have got. Cole is the, the guy who has, over an extended period of time, shown the biggest upside right now in the NBA. Um, he was the first third of the season playing at an all-star level. Yeah. But for me, Cole's the first name in the backcourt. But um, looking at it as a bench unit, I think what you do get is you get a potential where Cole and T. Ross, if that's what it is, come in and they could, if they are feeling it that night, take a game away from a team pretty quickly or catch a lead up, which I think when Mikey did his deep dive into Cole, one of the worries I would have with that starting five is is if we didn't have enough firepower from the outside that we could be playing catch up immediately. Um, I'm really interested really in the front court rotation there because my my worry is always, and I, I don't dislike Mo Bamba at all. I think he's a great shot blogger, and I really do want to see him and Jonathan Isaac on the floor together because I think it's a nightmare for teams going inside. But I'm also interested as to what GI and Chuma would look like on the, on actually switching up on yeah. players. Um, Chuma for me is a bit of an X factor with the Magic because I think a bit like RJ, they had that that season when we blew it all up. They were two of the players who really stood out going into the you know the draft when we got we got Wagner and where we got Suggs, and they kind of took more bit part players as a result. But at one point, Tuma was looking like he could be like a serviceable fifteen and six player, you know, fifteen and seven player in the NBA. So what Tuma brings for me is massive, and it's it's bigger because we don't know what we're going to get out of Jonathan Isaac. We, re- we really don't know. It's possible that Jonathan Isaac's playing five minutes a night if he's there on opening night for a while, five, yeah. ten-minute restriction. Yeah. So I look at that. I think it's an exciting bench in terms of what you could see with J.I. and Mo if they're on the floor, in full floor. And on nights when they are hot, what you could get out of Cole and T. Ross. Um, a big thing from Terence Ross is this season – and again, we all know what Terence Ross has done over the years for the Magic. Is if we can get like a, a somewhere near vintage T. Ross. So if we get a T. Ross who's coming off the bench and putting up, say, an efficient 13 points a game, 14 points a game off the bench, we're actually probably going to be pretty good. So that's the big things I would look for there. But the big question marks, firstly, is that I'm not sure whether Cole will be part of that unit initially. Um, what Jonathan Isaac's role would be. And I would really be, like to see where Tumor and T. Ross's games are going to be this season because I think both of them have got their own questions to answer. I mean, I will say that my concern about that unit mm-hmm. is that are you putting all your three-point threat, your floor spacing in mm-hmm. one unit? Toll, T. Ross. I think, as I said before, I think we forget how effective tuba can be shooting the three we remember you have to think back but Jonathan Isaac did shoot the three ball at a reasonable clip yeah. and we saw last season the threat that Mobamba can can present uh, from the three trailing in so I just wonder if we've got too much floor spacing in that one mm-hmm. um, 
and not necessarily enough threat to the paint. So I, I, I will, I would accept anybody criticising it for that. But Do you know what worries me say, about that unit is the me. lack of playmaking. There's yep. a lot of there's a lot of players there that like the ball in their hands to be effective offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is I where just, the argument is: Does Cole start and Jalen drop into the second unit? It's it's difficult, isn't it? It's hard to know. It's hard to know. I don't. I, I don't think we will actually have a definitive answer until a few games into the season. I'll throw another spoke into that then, and I'm probably going to open my blind and see G standing there with a flaming pitchfork. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all know what's coming now. The Welsh, the Welsh dragon uh, outside the house. But uh, there is another one where you look at it and think Paolo Banquero likes to have the ball in his hands. And how will he and Markel function at them? You know, like at their very best, if both of them are the prime ball handler. Yeah. So you would look at it then and you would assume, well, Bancaro isn't going on the bench. And would Suggs and Cole, obviously one of them's a scorer and one of them's a elite defender, would they therefore get another shot to try and be a backcourt again as an experiment? You know, if it doesn't work out with Markel, like I think Markel's the name that's on the team sheet, penciled in, because he, he was amazing at the end of last season. But it's just a question mark about what Bancaro's addition does to the like the dynamic in terms of who handles the ball. Does it affect Fultz as well? And, and that's a good point because that's the other thing. If you still start Markel, if you bring him, let's say it's early, let's say it's halfway in the first quarter, you can bring Markel off early and bring him back in with that second unit. Yep. So you've got that little bit more playmaking. And like I said, if Bancaro's still in that starting unit, you've still got, that passing ability, haven't you? So, I think this is one of the things, isn't it, that we we talk about specific units, but what we actually get is you get those players fed in at different points. So you, it's it's not necessarily for any lengthy period that you see all five starters off, mm-hmm. and, and often you don't see all five starters off. Somebody remains on. Mm-hmm. So as we talk about a second unit, we we have to remember that there are players that will have longer minutes during that first period and others, as you've just said, Mikey, took out and fed back in. So, yeah, I think we've got to to accept accept that and uh, remember that that does happen. We're not just talking about five coming off and five coming on. Mm. It would be funny to see that, though, wouldn't it? I, the, I think the only time you actually see that is right at the end of the game where it's gash time and we're, we're you know, 20 down or 25 down or something like that. I'm looking forward to the time where we're talking about us being 25 up and yeah. being able to do that. You mean, opening, to the, night, you mean opening night in the Amway versus Boston? Can you imagine? The atmosphere. It <laughs> 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 would be amazing. Now, Mikey, I'm sure that this is one that you were talking about before that we go big Franz at the point guard Paolo at uh, shooting guard J.I. at three Wendell at four and Mo Bamba at five so could that unit work? Mm, no <laughs> I don't know if I've talked about it or not but no not, you've certainly not really. talked about going big 
you've certainly the, talked about. Yeah, the, there's that flexibility, isn't there? There's that versatility that you can. I mean, for playing the Minnesota Timberwolves and you're going up against Carl Anthony Towns and Gobert, and you've got Franz who can uh, shake Gobert off the little uh, turnaround fadeaway, that 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 Dirk Nowitzki fadeaway. Um, yeah, I mean, it's certainly it's certainly got a lot of versatility. Um, it's it's hard to see, really. I mean, you've got two players that can handle the ball in Bancaro and Wagner. Uh, there's obviously a lot of size, and I think it it makes more sense defensively um, with, with the shot blocking ability. <laughs> yeah, with, with Bamba and Isaac. The the only thing is, will it work against a smaller lineup? Like, can can they can they uh, switch defensively? That's that's the biggest thing with uh, with that sort of lineup. But yeah, I I wouldn't be a fan of it personally. I wouldn't. Well, certainly not for large stretches of games. But, uh, <laughs> you want to just start in five, then, mate? Or or the, the it's not when we come to it later on. I ask you what your finishing five is. If we're that's not that's not going to be numbers. Probably not, mate. If I, I will say, and G, this make G happy. If Markel Fultz is not starting, I think they'll get, there's going to be an uproar <laughs> at the start of the season. Not just from G. Gary, could you uh, could you get behind that unit, that big unit? For Bander, I could. I think <laughs> 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 I would see it as a Bander lineup, you know. Um, but <laughs> if we've got the young guards that we have, and then just decide that we're going to like, <laughs> um, yeah, it would raise a few eyebrows. I think. It's not. See, I'd, I'd look at it and I'd go. If I'm seeing Gi on the floor with Wendell and Franz, I'm looking at it as like as what we probably just we're going to discuss later on, where it's more of like a lockup lineup. Yeah, I still think that lineup would include Jalen Suggs straight away within it, without even thinking who would partner him. But I think you 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 would probably have Jalen Suggs and Gary Harris within that. You know, so not not really. Um, I do worry as well about what could happen on the perimeter then. As good as GI is, um he's he's had a lot of injuries and you know, I don't want to see him chasing some sprightly guard around where it's going to be getting him twisting and turning early in the season or you know, we'll be sitting watching like that again, you know. So I think I wrote that it's this what that one was just for fun, but it's it's hard to make an argument for it. I quite agree. But this one I do like. This one I do like, and I think that you could potentially see this one at some point. Um, kind of looking at floor spacing and a fast-paced transition game again. So we've got Markel Fultz, Gary Harris, Chuma Akiki, Paolo Bancaro, and Mo Bamba. So, uh, Gary, how does that one look for you? It's exciting to look at. I think it would be, I would like to see an experiment with it. Um, it, it comes straight back to the Markel and Paolo type, you know, how could they yep. edit together, which just mentioned. Um, I'd also be really interested to see um what Paolo and Mo look like together. Um, because obviously the critique of Bancaro coming in at the start of this was all about defense. Now I'm not sure how valid that is. I think you've got to look at the Duke system as well. But seeing Paolo and Mo together, more we've seen get bullied. 
at times by the likes of Montrez Harrell. And when I saw that he'd like signed another contract with Philadelphia, I was like, oh, he's staying on the East Coast and <laughs> we're going to see more of him with, you know. So I would have to really see my, my reservation would be what Paolo's like on the uh, defensive end to get like fully bought into that lineup. But I would like the idea of seeing what Markel Paolo in the open court would be. And then just Gary Harris just sliding off to the uh, the corner and more yeah. than the player it could be potentially very, very good. And then it depends what Tumor is going to be shooting like that night, really, because when he gets hot, he, as we know, he can, he can drop a few threes in quick. So it will be interesting. And I think there's a possibility we might see that lineup at some point. You, you mentioned start, earlier, so, sorry, you no, mentioned on, earlier, Gary, Gary mm-hmm. about RJ Hampton is somebody yeah. that's sort of going under the radar. He's yeah. somebody else that would fit into that lineup really well. Yeah. His his his, his speed in that lineup, like even if you took out Gary Harris or Tumor. Well, that's where he, you go, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You've uh, you've got RJ Hampton's ability in the open floor to get downhill. He shot 35% from three last year. So he's quite capable of... Uh, yes of spreading the floor for us. And then you get his ability defensively, which I think was a little bit overlooked and probably underrated last year. So you could, you could easily slot RJ Hampton into that lineup too. You could get the forest. They could get the forest Gump moment there. Where he yeah. Straight off the court. <laughs> run RJ, run. I was on the church street really, you know. <laughs> I mean, again, I know we're going to mention, talk about the rest of the bench, but equally, I suppose that you could slot, Devin Kennedy or um, Caleb Houston into there with their ability to shoot the three from and put them as the shooting guard mm-hmm. equally. It'll be interesting whether Houston gets, like, actually is there, whether he features straight away. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, this is what we're talking about. This is why I, want, this is why I thought it would be interesting to talk about because there are just so many players that can slot in in to take some of these minutes. Um, so, two final ones. We always, like I said, we always talk about starters, but let's talk about the finishing five. You're assuming everyone's fit, go two lineups here. First one, we need a buzzer beater to uh, get that score. Who are the five that you're going with with your best opportunity to get a score? So, Gary, let's go with you first, mate. Um, right, so Paolo's on the floor. Yep. Fans is on the floor. Cole's on the floor. I'm picking whoever is having the better shooting night between Terence Ross and Gary Harris. Yep. And then it's a case of how much time is left on the clock. If it's where there's a chance of a second chance, I'm putting Wendell in. If it's a case of where it's actually, we've got one chance to get this up, I'm probably putting more Bamber in. Um, so yeah if I needed a rebound Wendell's on the inside but if it's a case of it's that's it we're talking like two seconds left in the game and I really want to spread it then I put more Bamba out there instead Mikey something similar yeah I, I can't disagree with Gary there yeah I would go with the same yeah likewise that's that's exactly where I go and then the shutout the defensive shutout so Mikey yours first uh Obviously, Franz has to be on the floor. Wendell has to be on the floor. Um, I would... Did I say Jalen? Jalen no. Suggs obviously has to be on the floor for me. There's your three. 
I'd probably lean towards faults just with his length at the guard position. And then a healthy J.I., to be honest, if you're looking yeah. at it. And you can even... You can, uh, do you know what? I, I might even f sub out faults uh, and even put somebody like Tumor in there. Tumor's yeah, I've got to say, Tumor would be one of mine if we're looking at a defender. Uh, he's, his ability to... It's things that don't show up on the stat sheet, hmm. but his ability to just get those little deflections or to force somebody away from being able to take that shot and have to offload the ball or not be able to drive into the paint. Those things sometimes go unnoticed, and that's that is one of Tumor's strengths every yeah. single time. But yeah, Wendell, J.I., Tumor, Jalen, and Franz for me. Gary? Pretty much the same. Um, I might, I would have Jalen, Franz, um, J.I., Wendell for definite, and then I possibly would have Gary Harris. Yeah. I think it's 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 a toss between Gary Harris and Tuma, yeah. as to as to where you go. I think there's in, in many of these lineups, there's three or four that you look at and think, okay, they are locks. Mm -hmm. And then again, coming back to that brilliant flexibility that we that we believe that we ha we have for this season, you've then got two or three that I, I think I think your phrase in earlier on, Gary, was absolutely bang on. Who's ever whoever is having the best night. Yeah. whoever's playing that if if Tumor's feeling it then and you're looking at a lockout yeah. then Tumor goes in if if he's not and you know then then you've got others that can step in and uh, certainly we can't discount the ability of Gary Harris to affect a game on yeah. the defensive end yeah. if you do you're not you're not watching the magic play properly in my opinion okay so let's talk about the rest of the bench there's some guys that we haven't spoken a deal about. So, Mikey, Devin Kennedy, Kevon Harris, Caleb Houston, and Mo Wagner. What do you see any of those guys getting regular minutes um, and any impact from them? Uh, uh, the one thing we kind of haven't really touched on is there's one of those players that probably isn't going to be on this team at the start of the seasons because we've, yeah. we've still got to cut somebody. Um, yeah. And if you had to put your money on it, you'd probably lean towards Devin Kennedy just because of that non-guarantee in his contract, which I think is up in January. So they've got up until then to, to make a decision on him. But yeah, I, if if Kevon Harris or Devin Kennedy are playing a lot of minutes, then we've got a lot of injuries to deal with. Um, that would be the first thing to worry about. Um, I don't expect Caleb Houston to really feature a lot, to be honest. I think we're going to see him bouncing back between Lakeland and, and Orlando quite a lot this year. Um, obviously, if we have our injuries, they can call him, call him up and he could get his experience. But yeah, I don't really see it unless... Unless he shoots the lights out and and we see that jump that we saw from, and I'm not comparing him to Franz Wagner, but if you see if you compare him from say summer Franz's summer league last year to thinking mm -hmm. we've not really what, what what was the eighth pick all about, and then you get to the start of the season and he just kicks in, he just looks like a natural NBA player, he looks like somebody's been playing in the league for two or three years. If Caleb Houston's got that sort of same ability. 
um, where he just fits in and, and the NBA game suits him more, then, then, then there's certainly a shout. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I think there's a lot of things we shouldn't be surprised about going into this year. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think he's going to get a lot of chance. And I think Mo Wagner's purely going to be situational. Um, if there's a game where we need a little bit more of a little bit more nastiness or somebody to rough up somebody, then let the Moji guy. Um, but he, he he is going to be that guy. If you need yeah. somebody to just have five minutes impact, um, give the four or the five a, bre- a breather, and like you say, just get under Lucas' skin. You know, then then who else do you bring on? Who else do you bring on? You've got to love him for that. You've got to <laughs> love him for that. Uh, uh, I, I shall miss if if we don't see him. I'm going to miss seeing him. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I'm a Leeds fan. We love players like that. <laughs> <laughs> we love players like that, and, uh, and it transposes with basketball for me as well. So, Gary, let's talk about RJ, Terence Ross, Admiral Schofield, Bol Bol. Same thing. Do you okay. see them getting many minutes and what impact can they have? Yeah, I've got like, it's going to be a strange one talking about this because I really like Admiral Schofield as a player, and I really like Mo yeah. as a player. So, I think any minutes of featuring that they have, as we've already said, Mo Wagner is going to be on the, the bench and he's going to be in like the rotation at some point because of what he does offer, where he's a, he's a disruptor. I think it's probably the best way of, of he's an agitator. And you bring you bring him in, and he's gonna. He's the type of guy who's gonna come in, and he's gonna not only wind up your uh, your Luca type player, but he's gonna have whoever is like I guess the goon for the other team. He's gonna come in and possibly get them in foul trouble, or he's gonna you know like really wind them up to a point of where their intimidation, so to speak, their factor drops because he's just making a joke of them, and then all that his focus will go on on more Wagner. I think you know that I think he. he Loves that, you know, when he flopped on the floor, I think it was against the Knicks. And it went down as though he was dead and lay there, that kind of thing. So he, he's got a role. And also I think him and Admiral could be the guys who, if GI isn't ready to start the season, see the minutes that we've got penciled for GI. I think those two are the, they're the biggest beneficiaries there. Um, I would look at it and I would say Ball Ball's got a lot to do a lot to do so he's got to really get the A impressing in just training and then he's got to hope that he gets some minutes in the uh, pre-season and does something because it's really hard to see whose minutes he's then going to get you know we've already talked about this log jam he's really got to play his way in um, so for me that's an interesting one RJ Hampton's going to get Gary Harris's minutes I think until he's back and then Terence Ross, I think, in the first half of the season, he's probably going to have an even bigger role now as the vet. Hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised if... I was surprised that T. Ross was still with us, to be honest. I thought he would have gone by now. And that's not because I want him off the team. I just think yeah. it would have been a favour. Um, I think there's a possibility that if it's a case of we're not looking like a playoff team when we get to the All-Star break, I think the team might do a favour for T. Ross by that point. So, yes, he'll get minutes, but it might be that it's kind of like, where do you want to go? 
where do you want to go and we'll try and facilitate something so it all depends really on the magic record I think for what role T Ross has if we're in the playoff hunt then the T Ross will see the season out with the magic because we know better than anyone that he can he can get us into the playoffs oh yeah <laughs> yeah I I think Bowl Bowl is a complete wild card on this team because mm. I don't think anybody really knows what we're going to get from him yeah. but he's that kid's got something about him. I think I don't know if you guys have heard the clip from the T Ross podcast, and he was saying you ought to, you ought to see some of the freakish things that he can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think one thing I wanted to ask you guys as well that we haven't actually talked about so much that we went into last preseason and Coach Mosley started Mo Bamba and Wendell together at the four and yep. five. And everyone's like, oh, we're just experimenting. And then we went into the season with it and it turned out to be part of one of the best starting lineups in the league. Yeah, yeah. Is there still a case that we could start the season with those two at the four and the five? No? I'm just thinking out loud. I'm not saying we should. I'm just saying, are we dismissing it when you think... I think Bamba played 71 games last year and started 69 of them. Go on, Gary, I'll let you go first. Um, I'll say no, based on the fact that where does Bancaro go and where does Wagner go? Yep, that's a fair point. And I just thought with Gary Harris's injury, mm-hmm. could you make that argument of playing Franz, Bancaro and the two of them with Markel? I don't I'll, think we should. I'll just say that, uh, but I'm you, just... You can make the argument, but I think you, you put your best two young players in their best position and you build the rest around them. will be mine. I, you can argue that we could we could start the same five as we started last season because of the performance mm. that their ratings of um, early in the season. We're not going to do that, obviously, because of having Paolo and having Markel come back. So, is there an argument for Wendell starting with Mobamba? Yeah, there is. Um, however, I don't think that we will see it. I think that we're seeing Wendell as the five, personally. Um, and we give Paolo the best opportunity to be the player he can be by putting him in his natural position. We've complained too often at getting players and us playing them out of position. Um, there's been a lot of necessity for that, but there's also been some strange decisions over the, over the years where we've been playing pe- people out of position. Increasingly, I suppose you could argue that with positionless basketball and players who are able to be multi-dimensional it becomes less important as to who's playing the two who's playing the three who's playing at the four um, but I think that come opening night the only question that we've really got as to who's playing is is it Cole or is it Jalen yeah for me I'm, 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 that's you know what we could all be wrong and Coach Mosley surprises us and we see something completely different 
to what we're expecting. I don't think we will, but uh, no, I don't think. In, in answer to your question, Mike, I don't think we see that's that as a starting lineup. If we drafted Chet instead of Paulo, I would have said there was a chance actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as he pops under the corners of the latest match, yeah. you imagine if that happened and it had been like, oh, we've got another uh, injury now. But I think if, if we had drafted Chet, I think he would have, I think he might have started off the bench. Mind you, the lad's that tall, you could just throw the ball up to him, just standing <laughs> under the basket and keep throwing the ball. He could probably just reach up and drop it in without having to take off the floor. <laughs> On one leg looking mean. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just uh, thought I just thought it was an interesting thing absolutely. to talk about. Seeing yeah. I, not, I've not really heard anybody else bring it up. I, th- I think everybody is expecting what you said, Paul. That those four certainly starting. Yeah. Are we just being a bit too dismissive to the fact that that Mo has come back and thinking he's just going to sit on the bench? I, I, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I just think. There's so many players there who've got so much to play for in pre-season. That Absolutely. They, they've, they're they all competing for minutes and, and who's starting, who's coming off the bench and who's going to be those players that you're going to need when you when you need to call upon them. So, yeah. I know this is something we've said before, but I do actually like the lineup that, of teams that we are facing in pre-season. I think they actually present a challenge that we, we do learn something by playing Memphis twice, for example, and uh, Cleveland at the end. I think we do learn something for the team. I think there is benefit to those exhibition games this time around. I know that's going off subject, but it's, I think it's I think it's an important um, position that we're in that we want. We need to see this team hit the floor on opening night mm-hmm. with some oh, experience is the wrong word but with some continuity and some idea of where they're going. So that I think that those pre-season games are a good test and a good opportunity for the team to play. I do like them. I do like the schedule we've got. Less than a month now, boys. Absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, as always, everybody, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Um, I know we always do it, but I will ask if you are watching this or if you are listening to this, please do us a favour. It helps us massively if you would subscribe to the YouTube channel, Orlando Magic UK. Um, it it sounds stupid to say, but it does actually help us do what we do. If you fancy spending a couple of quid, and we all know that things are tight at this moment, uh, please use our affiliate links for the NBA Store Europe and for Fanatics UK. Um, you can also shop in our own store, uh, from our website, which is uh, magicfansapparelteamill.com. The links will all be in the description. So, as always, thank you so much for joining us. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, all at Orlando Magic UK. Uh, and for the latest news and one or two articles, please check in to the website, orlandomagicuk.com. So, from Mikey, Gary, and myself, until next time, go Magic. <laughs>